Hi everyone, and welcome to Making It Count with Christina and Will, where we explore real ways to make your hard-earned money count today and every day. No matter your financial goals, we want to offer practical tips and insider tricks to help you accomplish them. Along the way, we'll learn from our local financial experts, answer listener-submitted questions, and share our own money experiences. So together, let's make make it it count. count. Hey everyone, welcome to the fourth episode of Making It Count's second season. That's right, and it's also our third part and our final episode for our Money Plus the Holidays mini-series. In our first two episodes, we covered how to financially prepare for the holidays and how to make the most of your credit card points this holiday season. Today, we're going to conclude with a conversation about how to wrap up your finances at the end of the year. I'm really excited for this topic because I think it's something that will really benefit our listeners, and we have our very special guest with us today. I am so excited and looking forward to it. But first, before we do the deep dive, Will, I have a question for you. Are mm-hmm. you ready? Mm-hmm. What is your most memorable New Year's Eve? Um, the last few years have been really nice. I have a close friend who had kind of made a tradition of like having a few people over, just like just a couple people over to her house and like... Last year, we just were outside. She had a projector out, so we were, like, watching, like, New Year's Eve stuff on the TV and whatever, and we had, like, music going, and we were just, like, she always just makes a bunch of food. Like, I think we had fried chicken and collard, because you have collard greens for good luck. Yes, that's true. You have black-eyed peas for wealth, and she always has, like, salmon or something, and I can't remember what the significance of that is. There's some significance to that, All right, we'll have to look it up. Yeah, something like that. What that about you? That sounds lovely. Well, New Year's Eve actually is my birthday. So I know I have like the coolest birthday ever. So I always pretend everybody's celebrating me on my birthday. <laughs> the fireworks are yes, for you. Yes, the fireworks are for me. One of our traditions is that my mom always put water in a pan and then we go out to the street and throw the water in the street as a symbolism of like washing away the year and starting fresh. So I don't know know where that came from, but that's what we do at our house. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people this year celebrating from home, though. I know ours will be smaller, which will have a lot of big changes this year. Yes, it's definitely going to be a more intimate celebration this year. Yes. All right. So let's introduce our special guest who's here to help our listeners close out 2020 with as much financial control and security as possible. Today, we have our returning guest, Heidi Polly. Hi there. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. All right. Thanks for having me again. It's fantastic being here. I am a certified credit counselor and financial coach with Edition Financial. Well, it's great to have you back. Yes. And before we go into all the money questions, I need to ask, what is your most memorable New Year's Eve? This is by far will always be the most memorable. I spent... 2000, the year 2000, in New York City for the millennium. (gasps) Wow. Wow. It was pretty spectacular. Y2K. Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, we prepared, you know, for the candles and everything, you know, everything to get shut down. But no, we just kept going strong. You didn't go to the ATM and pull no, out all your cash? No. We had, you know, full faith that everything was going to be okay. I think it's just so funny that like Y2K kind of cracks me up a little because like I feel like nowadays the concept is just weird to us. But like back then they were just literally concerned that the calendar wasn't going to fall over. Like <laughs> That was crazy. Like my Windows 95 won't work. <laughs> 
All right. So let's jump right into our questions today. So I want to start with a big picture question. Why is it important to evaluate your finances at the end of the year? It's a great time. You know, the year end is a good time for reflection, for evaluation of it's essentially a year in review. You want to look and see, okay, what happened this year, 2020, um, a lot of things happen, but the most important thing is going to be taking a look at what can I do financially different to improve it for next year. This is really, you want to really take a look at your life insurance, homeowners and rental insurance, auto insurance, health insurance. Again, these are not things that have to stay in place every year. Always look for ways to save money, reevaluate what, get different quotes, see if you can save yourself some money. Shop around. That's something mm-hmm. I'm not good at. I just want to get it done, but shopping around for better deals. And I think, Will, you told us this in a previous episode. You shopped around for car insurance and you got like a really good deal. I think it was car insurance. So that's something I need to do. No, that's absolutely true. You should shop around for car insurance. Another thing to add to Heidi's statement is, you know, wherever you're employed, take a look at the benefits. Often, you know, we're coming up in open enrollment periods and often it's a great time to just reevaluate. I think sometimes we forget what benefits we're enrolled Mm -hmm. in or maybe we're missing out on certain benefits that we think we have. So it's a great time to also kind of reevaluate those and make sure you know what you've got going on. Oh, that's a great tip. We just, my husband and I just did that, just reevaluated our plan because we had to add orthodontist to our our dental plan. It makes me so sad. I grow up so Oh, fast. your babies are going to get braces. I know. Do they know that yet? Yes, and they're terrified. Oh. But I'm like, um, you want nice teeth. Like, just it's make like them wear that you. retainer afterwards. <laughs> They won't want to, but they they have to. Exactly. Will, you bring up a really great point when you're talking about like health and health insurance. Flexible spending accounts are really big this time of year because a lot of them don't roll over to the next year. So people are frantically trying to use up the money that they have in there. And they're really beneficial. But how can someone maximize the savings and minimize the problems with these accounts? So it's really important to, again, this is where you want to look do you have any money at the end of the year when it comes to the flex spending accounts? These don't carry over typically. A smaller dollar amount carries over to the following year. But this is where you want to see, do I need to have as much deducted out of my check to go into this account? Or do I need to increase it? The really great thing about the flex spending is how many people essentially really put away that create a secondary savings account for medical expenses. The flex spending is a perfect way. It comes directly out of your paycheck. You don't see it. And it goes into this amazing account that when you need something, you have it. Essentially, it's like having an emergency savings right at your disposal. So this is a great thing to have for the event of using it as a savings preparing for the year ahead, what you can use these for, of course, essentially the dental, medical, optical. So if you think you're not really quite sure how much you need for the upcoming year, just think of doctor's appointments, emergency room visits, you know, it's the slip and fall and oops, I ran into the wall and broke my finger kind of thing as my 14-year-old happens to do, Um, (laughs) which you don't expect that. So yeah, so having this to take care of the deductibles, it really does help. So even if you're not really quite sure of how I don't really use it too much, 
you have to be prepared. It's the what if in the case. And those expenses add up, even if it's just like standard co-pays that you're paying, like even just a couple appointments, you're going to rack up, you know, depending on if you're paying for your specialist or your PCP, like, listen, I've, I've learned very quickly. It adds up, like just the mm-hmm. co-pays alone without anything else adds up pretty quick. I just know if you don't manage what is in that account, you end up at the end of the year stockpiling band-aids and like contact solution and all those types of things. I picture you doing that anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Every year is kind of a Y2K for Christina. And there's like special band-aids and then there's some band-aids are way better than other band-aids. Oh, I'm very picky about them. Yes. Yes. And the character band-aids are big in my house. So yeah, definitely. So Heidi, on on the same line again with a lot of times this goes along with employment benefits, but retirement accounts, I know I'm trying to max out my savings every year. What should people know about their retirement accounts coming up to the end of the year? Well, this is going to be really big for you to take a look if you haven't maxed out on them. That, And if you can't afford to do so, go ahead. It's never too early or too late to start saving. So you can always, if you haven't started yet, please reevaluate take that look start as little as you know one to two percent it's kind of scary just to jump in and say can i really do this do it it's going to be really great for your future especially if you have an employer that meets your contribution whether it's the 401k or an ira or any other additional retirement options that there are take a look at that find a way and start doing that immediately it's a very good point to do just one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Just take it easy. Don't force yourself to jump in the deep end with it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Charitable giving is a huge part of the holiday season. Are there any tips about donating money to an organization that we really believe in? I feel really strongly about this. It's so important. You know, it's always about giving back. It's, you know, what we can do. Find an organization that is really important to you. One thing that's really new this year, it's actually part of the CARES Act with the pandemic that's been going on, is that with the CARES Act, it actually allows you to take a charitable deduction of up to $300 without itemizing it. Oh. So that's a benefit to you when it comes towards tax season. So is that something that's just this year or is that something from here on out? It's just something just for this year with, you know, us wanting to give back. And now we can also get a deduction on our taxes for it. So it's basically the government trying to incentivize the people who can give to give more than they might typically do because of everything going on. Yeah. That's interesting. I actually had no idea about that. Yeah, me either. I'm sure you still, you know, pay it with a check or pay it with like have some sort of receipt just in case. But that's a great advantage for this year. Yeah, that's that's great. So I learned a lot about estate planning in our last episode. Is the end of the year a good time to get that process started? Absolutely. And one thing to really keep in mind is you never know. You always want to be prepared. So one thing that I like to suggest, and I do it for myself and my kids is, you know, especially if you have little ones, it's, well, I've created a legacy box. So this is kind of in addition to, you know, you've got your will, if you, you know, have it together, you have everything, but this legacy box actually contains all of that information within the box. So I'll never forget this. My seventh grade teacher, he asked us this one question. If your house were to catch on fire, what would be the one thing that you grab? 
And, you know, I thought about it and I thought about it. And so I actually, from the, you know, seventh grade, I kept this little box of the most important thing to me. So if there was ever a fire, I would, and I still have it to this day. It's all the important pictures of my babies, you know, special documents. So that if anything ever happens, I just grab and go. This is essentially the same thing. You're putting in, you can leave your legacy letters, the special things you want to leave behind, passwords, documents. So that way, when that time comes, your family is not scrounging around to say, I don't know what this is. You want to leave it as easy as possible for them when the time comes. So start it now. Christina's bawling. Box. I know. <laughs> That's so sweet. Christina's like, I'm going to Target. I'm buying a box. How did you know it was going to Target? <laughs> She's on her cartwheel app. Like, are right there any now. boxes on here? <laughs> hot glue. I need to like get some hot glue and decorate and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's actually a- no, but that's an amazing idea. And that's such an important like I've seen it happen with my own parents and my grandparents passing away like the, the loss of a family member is already hard enough, making it harder to deal with in terms of like the logistics of it and the passwords and just everything. Like even one small thing can become such mm-hmm. an overgrown problem as we learned in our last episode with mm-hmm. probate and all of that. Like it's eye opening how no matter how prepared you are, there's most likely something that people are forgetting. So something like with that is a really great solution. Yeah, even the smallest detail and you can always add to it. It makes a difference. And I, I always, you know, you see it, especially, you know, with the members that I talk to, you know, you just, you see the sadness and what they go through and it's like, okay, what can I leave behind to make life a whole lot easier? Because the grieving process in itself is, you know, just, you know, yeah. it's a hard process. So, and then you can leave some fun stuff behind. Anything you want in there. Christina's going to leave her making account mug behind. <laughs> no, I'm taking that with me. Bury <laughs> <laughs> me with my making account mug. <laughs> exactly. All right, Heidi, I know that you are not a tax expert, but you could give us a little bit of advice. So let's talk about taxes. What are some things that our listeners should do to save money now when they file for their 2020 tax returns? Really, the best thing that you can do is to meet with an accountant or a certified financial consultant. They're going to be the best people to talk to you with the options that you have to identify opportunities where you can save money, gain more money. One of the things that you can do also is where you can max out on your retirement contributions. People that are over 50 can actually make catch-up contributions. So that, as of 2020, is up to 6500 Wow. And I'm sure people that are self-employed or people with small businesses, especially that took advantage of that PPP loan, probably I, we would suggest to really get some some professional help with that. I think the taxis will be a little bit more challenging this year. Don't do it on your own. <laughs> I'm definitely the type of person that like, even if I like, I can read through it and figure it out in my head, but I still, I still need that person in front of me giving me assurance that like, yes, you're on the right track because mm-hmm. taxes are, I don't get it. I don't trust any of it. Like I don't trust, <laughs> I never trust the little software. Like I've used, I think I've used credit karma for the last couple of years, which it's actually really great by the way so if people He's are looking turbo for software, tax yeah i've heard about I, I i i actually was reading a review that credit karma is like taking the lead even, on it now really i didn't yeah. even know they had credit it's like really tax. interesting yeah huh. but 
I, even then I'm like, <laughs> I did something wrong. You second and guess yourself. Si- and I have very simple taxes. <laughs> I do not have a complicated <laughs> life here. I was going to say, you don't even have like dependents. You don't oh, have no, like. Oh, no. I don't have, I'm not doing itemized oh, deductions no. or anything. I'm just like here. And I still don't trust it. I'm like, I'm going to get audited and arrested. And <laughs> I love how I said dependents. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Your plant. That is your dependent. Have, yeah, my plant's doing very your well. Your plant is doing – it's very beautiful. Yes. I'm for all our envious. listeners, I have a fiddle leaf fig that's doing wonderfully. It's beautiful. It's, it's five years luscious old now. And, it's five? It's five. See, you I can't got take it as care a little of baby. something. Yeah, yeah, I can. I'm so proud of you. So I know that a lot of people have been using their credit cards a lot more since the pandemic started and yeah. a lot of times out of necessity because of where we are. So – what can people do to make debt reduction part of their 2021 financial plan? This is interesting. This is where it gets real. You know, get it on paper. There is nothing really that's more eye-opening than when you get that pen to paper and you're putting down, okay, this is the account. This is the credit card. This is the amount of the balance. This is how much interest it is. And even if you look at it sometimes now, well, I actually think on most credit card statements, it tells you if you pay the minimum payment, Oof. it will take you mm-hmm. six years to pay off this credit card. So that's that's eye-opening. And, you know, it's one thing to get your statements and you know you've got two, three, five credit cards and you're just making payments. But once you actually get it on paper and you're looking, it's like, wow, how did yes. I just accumulate $30,000 in credit card debt? Yes. And – Looking like actually having to write down the interest rate can be an exercise of like real discipline. Like it's hard. And then mm-hmm. and then adding up your payments, you know, sure, Ooh. maybe you're paying $50 on one and that's easy. But then you add another 75, another hundred, yep. and then you add this and then you add that. And you, at that point, you've ballooned. And it's like, how do you go from there? So you're right. Then, it's It's hard. And then Heidi, you say like. It'll take you six years to pay off this balance if you make minimum payments. But that's if you don't put anything else on that yeah. card. Yeah. Like that's how it can even snowball even more. Like what are you telling – when your members call in or having these issues, what kind of things do you – like how do you have them budget? What's like step one for that? Step one most important is you have to know what your income is. It's really easy to get approved for a credit card and have multiple cards and continue to pay the minimum payment, you know, $25, $75. Sure, that's easy, but that card's never going to get paid off. And the amount of money that you're spending on interest is just You're so right. It will never, the minimum payment will never pay off Mm -hmm. the card. Like, look how much of your interest is going to your minimum payment. Yeah, and how much money you're spending on interest. It's it's tough because it's, it's, you want to tell yourself that that's the minimum requirement, mm-hmm. so it'll eventually do it, but you're absolutely right. It will never cover it. Yeah. The best way to do that is, in, and that's why the pen to paper is you, when you're writing it down, okay, this is my income, these are my expenses, and then it's the, okay, what's my leftover? So, so many people that are missing out on having that budget are just, okay, here's my income, I'm making my payments, you know, I have my credit card, my mortgage, I'm paying them, and then everything just sits in the account. Well, it's the what's left over and then you stop asking yourself when you put this on paper where did my money go to i'm telling my money where to go Mm. and then this is how you put together your budget and say okay i have x amount of dollars in credit card debt and i can allocate what's going where 
and you can get these paid off faster. So, and Christina just mentioned a word that I personally have used and it's the snowball effect. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you have four credit cards and correct me if I'm wrong, I know this much better than I do, but it's like, if you have like three or four credit cards, you make your payments. And then as you get one paid off, you flip that now free payment into the next highest interest rate whether it be a loan or a credit card or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and you continue doing that till you're making these really large payments on something. And that's exactly it. So the debt snowball, there's a couple different methods, but the debt snowball is a little bit more, you get more satisfaction out of it, you're seeing it because you're starting with the smaller balance as opposed to the higher interest rate. So that's one option. The debt snowball, which, but the great thing is, is that, you know, if you have a credit card that has a balance of, you know, $500, or you have one that has a balance of 3000 it's going to take you longer to pay off that 3000 as opposed to the 500 so you're going to see if you can get that 500 paid off faster great that's one knockdown maybe you can get that paid off in 3 months so then you can take care of that balance and that's one credit card out of the way move on exactly so you take that remaining payment that you were making to that $500 credit card and then you take that payment and you apply it to the next largest credit card balance yeah it's satisfying but it can it, it also takes a lot of discipline because mm-hmm. like that payment's free and yeah. it's really easy for people like me to sit there and be like oh well now i have more money in my budget and you don't mm-hmm. you've got to stay with it or it doesn't work and you're just in the same spot again yeah and the key is to not go back and use those credit cards yeah. interesting definitely stuff. well thank you so much heidi we are yes, going to take you. a quick break and then we're going to come back to do our lightning rapid fire round. Are you ready for that, Heidi? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back. Making It Count is sponsored by Addition Financial. When your want-to needs a little know-how, turn to the Money Smarts experts at Addition Financial. Just like this podcast, they're committed to empowering our community to make the best financial decisions possible. Count them into your financial journey at additionfi.com. Early insured by the NCUA and an equal housing lender. And we're back with our rapid fire round. I hope you're ready. All right. I am. All right. So let's get started. If people haven't opened a retirement account yet, what's an option you don't think enough people consider? It's going to be the Roth IRA. Everyone always immediately just says, I want to open an IRA. It's overlooked that there's actually two options. So there's the Roth IRA. So this will allow you to contribute post-tax but then you can withdraw the money tax-free when it is time to withdraw it. They even have the Roth 401k as well. Well, I get the fun questions today. Mm. <laughs> mm. All right, Heidi, what is the most impactful financial New Year's resolution that you have made? Starting my 401k. <laughs> Believe it or not. I was one. so scared. And that's why I tell members, you know, it's, it's you know, adulting is scary, but do it because I was looking at, you know, if you start saving when you're 18, as opposed to when you start saving when you're, you know, 35, but still actually getting it going was the most kind of like liberating thing that I ever decided wow. to do. And future Heidi will be so happy with I you. Know. All right. Next question. This isn't a fun one. What debt reduction strategies should people try if they want to pay off credit card debt in 2021? Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Yeah, Yeah, the debt snowball definitely is a great one to consider. 
Heidi, what is one of your financial goals for 2021? So as reevaluating how the year has been, definitely need to readjust and start saving for that three to six months in case of emergency type thing. Again, because of preparing, we weren't bothered at all, my husband and I, when it comes to how to pay the bills during the pandemic because he was actually out of work for three months. Mm. And so because of that savings, you know, that we did have to use, now it's time to rebuild that for next year. What can people who have lost money in the stock market this year do to offset their losses? They may want to consider selling off, um, losing stocks, um, especially if they gained in some other areas. Um, believe it or not, the IRS actually allows taxpayers to recoup up to 3000 in losses each year. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. I know there's been a lot of bad news this year, but what is one good thing that happened to you and your family in 2020? Believe it or not, being quarantined. Really? Yeah. Like, you know, this year really has been a lot of, I call it getting back to our roots. You know, our lives are so busy. So it really forced us to be at home, enjoy each other, do things. I mean, kids were playing in the streets like I've never seen before. So we're kicking it back to, you know, I remember when we had to walk up the hill in snow with sandals on, you know. (laughs) So it's really what it was like. It was just getting back to the basics and, you know, doing what was important. Love that. I love that too. Well, thank you so much. This was great. We really appreciate uh, your insight and the help that you're offering our listeners. Thanks, guys. And thanks for being a part of our Money Plus the Holidays mini series. Yes. It's been fun. All right, Will. It's our favorite segment that we call What What Did Did We we Learn learn today? Today? All right. So, what are you planning to do between now and the end of the year to help you financially in the coming year, Christina? Okay. This has been on my to do list for weeks now, and Heidi brought it up again. My Roth IRA, I have still not contributed to it for 2020. So, I need to knock that down because I need. So, this is so strange. I have to pay with a check, but I don't have any checks. <laughs> I have checks. So, that's checks. the one thing. Oh, can you write a check for me and no. write it out to my Roth IRA? I'd I, really appreciate it. I can give you that. all of my $10 <laughs> to my name. So, doing the contributing to my Roth IRA. And then, what I remember from our credit card one, which Heidi mentioned again today is to figure out where my money is going, which then will help me figure out which credit cards I should be using to maximize my credit card points. Yeah. I like what Heidi said about telling your money what to do. Yes. I love that. What about you? I actually learned about the charitable giving. That was um, a great one. I thought that was really interesting. I hadn't heard of that. And I think that's a really great idea. I mean, especially for Christmas gifts, I think, you know, like Heidi mentioned, This year, it feels kind of like we're taking stock of things and, you know, Christmas gifts are wonderful. And of course, we like to do that still. But the idea of maybe like less consumery items, less of the, you know, give and take and more of just like, what if you just give? Yeah. So that's something to consider, you know. I thought that that was so great as well. All right. Now to wrap things up, let's talk about what our listeners can do to make it count now that they've listened to the show. And we have three terrific resources for you. That's right. The first one is Money Management Guide that has information about how to create an emergency fund for your family and how to create a household budget 
and how to manage your own money at any age. And this is a great guide. I checked it out. I actually was using it to set up my own budget. It talks all about like where your money is going and telling it where to go, exactly what Heidi was talking about. So this is a great one to utilize. That sounds like something that will be really helpful for our listeners. Our next resource is one that's tied directly to the topic of this episode. It's a year-end financial planning checklist that they can use to reduce debt, increase savings, and plan for next year's taxes. Mm, And finally, we have a blog post that's all about what to do with your holiday bonus if you receive one this year. So our listeners can find all the links to all three resources in our show notes or by visiting Addition Financial's Resource Center at additionfi.com slash resources. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Making Making It It Count. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. If you learned something new, were inspired to reach your financial goals, or just found us entertaining, please subscribe, share, or rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. And don't worry, we'll be back soon with another new episode of Making Making It It Count. Count.